back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. It's the second of our two-week Killers of the Flower Moon Potathon. So this week we've got <laughs> Osage artist and ambassador to the film Addie Rowanhorse. Yeah. But first, a word from our sponsor. You are called to be bold. You have a right to the best wireless service, high-speed internet, and customer service at a price that you can feel good about. At Bravado Wireless, we know this, and that's why we put you and your community first. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. All right, we've got a classic question of the week topic this week. Uh, we asked you, what Oklahoma small town do you love and why? First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Boy, it's so hard to pick. Uh, there's so many that I love, uh, and I have this list sitting here on my phone that I made in thinking about this before we got started, and it's long. So I'm just going to pick one off of it because I could just go on and on about every single one of these towns, and I'm going to say it's a little bit basic, but I really love Hochitown. Yeah. Like, if I'm in Hochitown, I'm having a good time. Like, you're in, you're by Broken Bow Lake, you're by Beaver's Bend State Park, there's all that great food, there's so much to do in the park, it's beautiful. Like, Hochitown's amazing. I love Hochitown. It's, it's resorty and vacationy, and no one there is, you know, having too hard of a time because everybody's on vacation. A resort town, you know? I like yeah. that, that resort town vibe. That's we fun. We don't have a whole lot of that. No, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Monkey Island. That's Monkey you know, Island, Medicine Park. Medicine Park, yeah. Um, yeah, so I really, I like that vibe. I like, I like Hochitown a lot. Big fan. Managing editor Carly Ibarra. Um, I, I, I don't have an answer for this because I <laughs> love, like, there's something different to love about all of the towns mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, I feel like. So whichever one is the one that I'm in, that's I my like favorite that. that's one. That's a good answer. And I just love driving around the state, driving through towns, and mm-hmm. just, like, kind of seeing what there is there and everything. So. Well, you do most of our street view stuff mm-hmm. as well, yeah. which is, you know, very small town focused for the most part. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's a fun way to, like, Explore a fun excuse to explore yeah. all of the different towns. I think we've all, and we all got to write one of those. Yeah, I think at some so. Point. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and this most recent one, November December, is Clinton, and you did a great mm-hmm. job, and it made me. And I'm from Weatherford, and it made me want to go to Clinton. So yeah. good job. <laughs> and there's actually stuff that I left out because yeah. it would not fit. So yeah, definitely check out Clinton. There is a lot of stuff downtown the water there zoo. now. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. not even downtown, but there, but that is there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. A, good, it's a good town. Uh-huh. Photo editor Megan Rossman, and I'm sorry, photo editor and small town aficionado. Um, I think I usually say sulfur. Yeah. And I like sulfur. It's a good town. Um, Sulfur's awesome. And Arcadia is pretty too. There's not Mm -hmm. a lot in Arcadia, but I like to drive through it. There's a chicken shack. That's and pops, chicken shack, yeah. pops, yep. mm-hmm. nice farmers market, the round barn rendezvous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's pretty up there. I like that landscape. Megan, you're the one who made me fall in love. You're, you introduced me to the beauty that is Eastern Oklahoma County. It is. So it thank is you. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Research editor Ben Lucian. I'm going to give a shout out to Okima, Oklahoma, um, especially mm-hmm. during uh, the Woody Guthrie Festival. <laughs> uh, it's kind of my kind of festival because uh, more of a mature vibe there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, and then they have two great, uh, Mexican restaurants, uh, in Okima. Mm. They have, uh, Pepinos and, uh, let's see, Tacos El, uh, let me, hold on, let me find Tacos El Palomo. Hmm. I've eaten uh, there. Both really good. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's just, if you're a history aficionado, I mean, you can, Go visit the uh, Woody Guthrie uh, Childhood Home, yep. and then the whole like historical center there is really great. They have they have Woody mm-hmm. Guthrie's front porch inside yes. the historical society there. Yes. It's really cool, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, I think it's a, a good place for history, uh, music, and uh, some good food and some uh, good bars there as well. So nice, good answer. What about you, Greg? Uh, I I really like Bixby. 
Bixby's cool. You know, yeah, they've a, got a really pretty downtown. Um, yeah. Bixby is one of those places that I, I used to visit Tulsa and Jenks a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to have some in-laws there, and uh, and the place that I love to get away from getting away <laughs> was Bixby. <laughs> uh, they have uh, they've, they've got a really great fried fish restaurant, the Lazy Fisherman. It's, nice. It's really great. I, you know, if you're a fan of hush puppies, and who isn't? Yeah. Um, uh, they also have a really great farmers co-op there. Uh, really? That, yeah, okay. I, I love it. It's a really good place to get uh, fresh, like farm fresh produce and uh, and just some other fun stuff. But yeah, lovely little town. Uh, it's one of those great by. Route sixty six towns. Yes. You know that like you come through it and you're like, this is why people love Route sixty six because you get to go through towns like this. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Good answer. Oh yeah. And uh, speaking of, we what had tons say? and yeah. tons of good answers on social media. Heather Lewis said Guthrie, uh, fun to shop the antique Wonderful stores. Town. Wonderful. Town, um, yeah, love absolutely love Guthrie. Ann Harper mentioned Winniewood. Uh, it's where I was born mm. in a two room hospital over a hardware over a hardware store. That is the opening lyrics of a country song that mm-hmm. I hope you will write. Yeah, my that grandparents lived there for years and are buried there. Um, and that was it. Apparently, okay. Well, that's that's great. That's I fun. love that. No, uh, you know what? There's nothing like home. There is nothing like home. That's a great uh, answer. Jennifer Cornelison uh, said, uh, "Medicine Park is pretty much my favorite place mm-hmm. anywhere." Uh, Delvin Roy Harbor mentioned Levy, Oklahoma. My dad was born there. My grandparents lived and grew up in that area of western Oklahoma. I attend a yearly family get-together in July. I drive all the way from Southern California. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, probably a really fun road trip, too. I bet so, all yeah. All the way out. Yeah. Uh, Lila Simcoe mentioned Eufaula. Uh, good food and lots to do on the lake. Lovely town. Uh, Karen Kinsey mentioned Porham, Oklahoma, where the famous lady outlaw Belle Star is buried. Mm. Also, her hometown. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's beautiful. It is. Uh, Terry Riggs said Spyro. That's where he grew up in the uh, 1960s and early 70s. Uh, a lot like growing up in Mayberry, except we had different races of people. <laughs> uh, it was a special place with uh, parking spots in the middle of Main Street. Okay. I love uh, that. Yeah. Hinton, Hinton has that too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Carol Harris Hayes. Uh, love my small town, Chicota. We have a neat museum in one of the railroad cars that used to stop. We still have 24 trains a day, but none of them stop. Uh, Jefferson Highway goes right through here. It was sort of uh, north of Route 66. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Chicota's nice. Um, What's up, Carrie? Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Ostrander Bishop mentioned Pawhuska. I love how this love town it. has transformed from an almost ghost town to a place with a thriving business district and the Tallgrass Prairie Preserve is a beautiful place to reflect and enjoy nature. Uh, and while you're out there, I always recommend people go by the uh, Old West Buffalo Company. Yeah, too. totally. Uh, really fun. Re- I-, I had such a great time out there. You get to feed bison uh, and learn a whole lot about the history of uh, bison in America. I feel like I could spend like a whole week in Pawhuska and oh, just not really absorb mm-hmm. it at all. Like it's, there's, it's rich with yeah. things to oh. admire and see and do and learn. Stay in that eat. frontier hotel. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a cool it's, same place that the FBI stayed when they uh, were in, uh, when they were yeah. investigating in Flowers. Of the I love that town. You know, it actually reminds me a little bit of like um, if you've ever been up to like Leadville, Colorado, like those towns where like a lot of the 19th century stuff still is maintained mm-hmm. you know it reminds me a lot about that i love pahuska uh gloria schwartz phillips mentioned ponca city we had a lake house at yep. Caw lake for 33 years wow. and i always said if we ever moved from enid i would love to live in ponca city because ponca had sidewalks it's <laughs> <laughs> good great bookstore too yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh m stephen calloway mentioned davis another one of our favorites mm-hmm. uh, so many memories of playing tennis at the park stopping to eat while traveling i-35 following the high school sports team and driving down to see a game also uh, home to uh, the original Joe's Famous Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, lots and lots of uh, tasty stuff down there in Davis. Davis is going to be a busy place. Uh, whoa. 
we're recording this right before OU Texas. Yeah. So by the time this airs, this will already be over. But Davis is going to be really busy this weekend. Yeah. Because everybody's going to be coming through there. And speaking of busy, segue, <laughs> uh, let's talk to uh, one of the busiest ladies out right. there, Addie Roanhorse. I'm so excited uh, to talk to my buddy, um, amazing artist, Osage woman extraordinaire, Addie Roanhorse. Addie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, Nathan. It's good to be um, here. I... I'm excited to tell listeners that you did our cover for our November, December issue for Killers of the Flower Moon. You did a gorgeous piece of art for the interior, for the story. Um, and we, Mason and I talked a little bit about this last week, and I am excited to hear your perspective on it too. I wanted you and Mason specifically to work on this story because I feel like this is, the Osage Reign of Terror um, is, I haven't seen the film yet, but I understand that it's fantastic. Um, but I feel like it's an Osage story to tell. Um, but what has it been like? You served as an art director on the film. You were an Osage Nation ambassador. Um, you were an Osage consultant on the film. You worked heavily with making sure that this that this movie that tons of people are going to see really represented the Osage people uh, in a way that was that honored them. Um, what was that like? What was it like having that opportunity to do that on such a wide scale? Um, I mean, it all it all started with David Grand. I mean, once the book started and he started showing up from. New York City, you know, uh, that's kind of where it began. And so we all knew he was writing the book um, and he was consulting with my Aunt Catherine Redcorn. And so I'd seen him around, but, you know, the book finally comes out. Um, I actually met David Grant at a book signing um, and pretty much immediately knew after reading it fairly quickly just to kind of like get the gist of what he was talking about and the accuracy, which was very in-depth. But um, I knew that it was going to be sold as far as like for a movie yeah. and, um, Chad Repro and I had actually talked about it a couple times and very quickly, uh, it did sell to imperative entertainment and we kind of wanted to get a hold of what was happening. And that was in 2017. Oh my gosh. And so that's when. Yeah, so that's, that's when Chief that's had like appointed. That's when you and I met. That's how long this has been going on. I know. It's yeah. been a very long haul. So yeah. it's like it, it's it been this slow creep up, like, okay, now it's here. Now it's finally going to the theaters. But um, that's kind of how it started. There was, you know, people kind of showing up and uh, Chief appointed Chad and I as ambassadors because um, initially I don't think that they were going to film here. And so that was our out the gate the very first concern so um we hosted inter imperative entertainment and you know took them to some osage families and let them share their stories and very quickly after that it was we're going to film there and then very shortly after martin scorsese's name shows up so that's you know that whole ball started rolling and he made his first visit in 2019 like in july of 2019 so it's just like in that world of post or pre-COVID, should I say. And it was like, okay, well, here we go. Oh my gosh, it's happening. And then COVID. So it was like everybody was forced to kind of sit and, you know, I guess marinate on their life. I don't know. But in that midst, which is kind of a, I hate to say that COVID was a blessing in disguise, but that's where, you know, the uh, center of the story shifted um, uh, to, to Molly. And so I was grateful that marty and whoever else you know uh, uh what's the writer roth uh eli roth working on it back with the screenplay yeah. yeah like 
um, going back and forth on it. So um, I'm grateful for that in a way. Uh, but then going into it, obviously, I've never worked on a film before and, you know, was asked to be hired on to production and I agreed and it was that's kind of where the roller coaster really started for me and so working on a film for the first time with um Martin Scorsese and I mean there's just there's so many names down the list that you just kind of kept going wait who else is showing up wait what's happening so I was allowed to be in pre-production um in depth I was allowed to watch the crew go from you know 50 to 800 um and then once filming actually began that was a whole nother ball of wax to kind of work through but it was yeah it was it was a lot <laughs> I, it's a it's a huge project i mean it just 200 million dollar film right like gigantic right. gigantic production what what are some of the things that as you look now, as you look at the film now, and you see these touches that you created, that you helped, that you were part of creating in the art department for the film, um, and uh, some of these things that you helped guide as a consultant and an Osage on the set who was being asked how to, you know, how to represent your your culture accurately. What are some of the things that you look at the film now and you're like, oh, I hope people notice this. I hope people notice that. Like, what are some Easter eggs that you that you really hope people catch catches people's eye? Well, interesting enough, like watching it the first time well, i've seen it four times now and it's still i'm still catching things i'm still noticing something i'm like wait was that there Did, was that scene longer like just certain little, little details because i feel like i need to be tested i was like i would pass this test like hit me whatever quite <laughs> i know the script inside and out we'll have a lightning point. round at the end of the interview yeah <laughs> oh totally um but yeah the, um whenever we started filming um Wait, what was the question again? Sorry. Talking oh, about wait, like, some of the dogs. like some of the specific Osage things that you see in the movie that you hope people notice and appreciate that you got to work well, on. Well, I mean, obviously, right, for Osage eyes, I think that's the the perspective that I was going through and what would Osages think of this. Um, obviously, most of the Easter eggs are gonna be caught by Osages when they, you know, speak the language. There's certain parts that he doesn't put the subtitles on but you know what they're saying, but Osages really know what they're saying. So you caught a few laughs, which I had asked Marty, I was like, did you expect any of us to laugh? And he was like, no, not at all. <laughs> and there was like nuances of, you know, relationships or whatever that we would laugh about, but working on a film too, it kind of ruined my like movie watching experience. Cause now <laughs> all I focus on is like the wallpaper in the background and that tile oh my gosh you see that spoon I put the spoon there you know like just all yeah. these little details that I have to stop and go okay Addie focus on the story right <laughs> but looking at the background and being like you know oh there's my daughter or oh there's my uncle you know that was the other like the second time that's what I was catching more was the Osage community in it and then the third time was a little bit deeper and then we went to New York and that was I really had a t it was really I was really more focused on the actual storyline and it's you know it's never easy and I know what's happening I know what's about to happen and I still like get caught up in tears and just trying to you know focus can we talk about that a little about you know this is obviously this is you know for someone like me Whitey McWhite right like mayonnaise guy um mm -hmm. I you know I see things like this and there's always a remove 
what is this like for Osages having Mason and I talked about this last week, some too, and I'd love your perspective on it. Like, what is it like to have this story see the light of day? I mean, there has to be so many emotions around having this become this giant, this giant thing that everyone is going to know about now. So many emotions that I didn't realize that it would have hit me in so many different arenas. Obviously, yeah. we've known this story. I've known it my whole life, you know, a direct descendant of Henry that's in the film or in the book. And and something that, you know, like I when people say, oh, it's it's that character. I'm like, he's not a character. You know, that's that yeah. is my family. That is it's very real for us. And so it's it actually is helping me have a better understanding of it's a generational thing, obviously, like my mom straight out of the 70s, they were very vocal. And so it was easy for my mom to um, talk about it, the reign of terror about Henry. Um, but my grandparents, it was always just like a, you just, you just respected them to let them talk when they wanted to do, but it was very rare that it even got brought up. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's an incredibly painful thing. That's what's so interesting to me is like, there's got to be that, like, thank goodness people finally are hearing about this, that this story is getting told, that people understand what history really contains and what really happened. And also, right. it's a digging up of a past trauma that is still occurring. You know, and we talk right. a lot about that in the story about, like, the, you know, Mason did a really good job, you know, as a, as a someone who's training to be a lawyer, did a really good job of talking about what the implications of this still are from a financial perspective, from a legal perspective. It's still around. Yes. I mean, it's definitely um, creating conversations that I wouldn't normally have with friends and, you know, just strangers sometimes about the book and the story. Um, Cause people come into our town all the time and they're, they're here for multiple different reasons, but a lot of them are now coming because of the book and the film. So you start to have these, these explaining, I guess, as an Osage explaining to somebody what actually was going on and you can kind of start to see the wheels turning on their head and they're like, okay, wait, yeah, I just, I need to get that book. I need to read the book before I see the film. <laughs> I was like, please do. Cause it'll help fill in, you know, some of the other parts of it. Cause it's a lot. I mean, it's three and a half hours long. It's, there's a lot of players. It's a lot happening. So, but it sucks you in. I mean, it definitely, it, it almost feels like somebody hands you something really heavy and you don't really know what to do with it and it's not tangible it's just there it's in like it's just with you and just more conversations so as I'm, i've seen it two three four times i'm like okay and even now i'm still having conversations with people even my daughter you know just about why and just trying to process and understand yeah um and you you had a you're you have, I have to say, you have the coolest kid ever in the world. <laughs> you also had a pretty, some pretty cool experiences on this film. Are you, can we talk about that or we don't have to, but. I mean, she did, she did background. So yeah. she kind of, yeah, she was it. Cause it, they started really principal film. We started like April, I think. So okay. she was just coming out of school. And so she worked background all summer and it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun for everybody. It was a lot of work just getting to set because you know we had to be tested like three times yeah. a week and it was just a lot it was a lot and everybody was always dodging you know if, if one person got COVID just to keep it contained it was it was really hard yeah yeah, yeah. I remember it's like I, I've seen some of the behind the scenes even outside wearing masks right like just such strict which is a great thing you know because there's so many people involved in the making of it 
um, and especially so many people there in town who were involved. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, the, the, you, you mentioned the last time you saw it was at the premiere, Mason and I talked a little bit about the, the New York premiere, and you're going to the LA premiere, you're leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. As we're talking, yeah, that's exciting. So what was that, how was that experience? Mason said that he got to sit two rows behind Scorsese and he watched him watch the movie, and he said that was a really intense and interesting experience. What was your... That's interesting because I think Marty was two rows behind me. Because <laughs> I remember glancing over my shoulder and seeing him and I was like, oh, okay, there he's sitting right there. And so I'm sure he got to see my emotions on it too. Yeah, so, probably so. Um, New York was different because um, I went to Cannes and that was like a wild experience just because it was amazing. like 3,000 people watching it, like more yeah. international. Um, New York was much smaller. It felt like maybe maybe like 800 or a thousand were there, but it was more intimate. Um, there were moments that you could have heard a pin drop. It was so quiet. People were like almost stopped breathing just to hear in uh, certain parts of it. And that was a big thing that I kept catching. I was like, oh my, people are, nobody's moving. No one has, has been the first to break the bathroom break, you know, like it, <laughs> There was only like 15 minutes left when I saw the first person get up and go to the bathroom. I was like, whoa, like it just sucks you in. So that crowd was a lot smaller and it was interesting to see their reactions and, and talk to people after. Cause I mean, you can read reviews, but I don't, I don't know who those people are, you know, but there was, um, there were some really good words said. So it's awesome. I bet that. So you were there for that amazing uh, standing ovation at Cannes. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? That was crazy. I mean, I couldn't stop crying at Cannes. Like it was just overwhelming. Just even just the energy that was in the room was overwhelming. And I mean, it's it's so well deserved because he's such a he's he's an amazing he's an amazing human. Obviously, amazing director, but he's just he's genuinely a, a good person. Do you feel like this? Uh, you know, watching from the outside, I I sense this, and watching watching. Marty do press for the film, which he's been he's been doing a lot of it because of the writer strike and the actor strike. Like he's been doing a lot of the interviews, um, and he's talked a lot about you know how the story changed and how it how they how it changed to center the Osage and their story, um, you know. And I think that a lot of a lot has been said about that. But do you sense that this is marks of an important turning point in how films are made, especially in terms of minority representation on film? I sure hope so. I mean, I hope that this is the the resource that any film production moving forward, this is the framework of how it's done and how it's done properly. I mean, especially now in this era, you want a film that whatever indigenous people you are talking about, that they are proud of it as well. Um, and that's inclusion. You gotta, you know, include us in these decisions. But it was he absolutely, it was every every page, every step of the way was like, is this right? Is that, what does this look like? You know, and it wouldn't just be me that he would consult, they'd consult with, they'd go to like four or five others, you know, or if I didn't know, I'm like, you've got to, I don't know for sure about that, you know, certain, I don't know, whatever they may have been talking without like spoiling anything. Without right. anything. <laughs> it's hard to talk about without, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit too about, I have to talk about this, this piece of art you did for us. Cause it's, I love her. Her name is Lily. Yeah. Years ago. Well, the best part is this is going to be getting in people's mailboxes on the days the movie opens for the most part. Oh, wow. 
Awesome. Like it's mailing this coming Monday and it should start arriving Thursday and Friday. So like it, total coincidence, did not plan it that way, but it's a beautiful thing that's going right. to happen. Drop. Um, talk a little bit about creating that art, which again, thank you. It's gorgeous. I love her. Of course. Yeah, no, she's, she's really, I, I love her. She's actually in my bedroom right now. <laughs> her. I'm enjoying her for a few you know weeks until I have to take her up to the gallery. But um, I used, um, I got my hands on these maps and the it's the maps that I've been using. And I've had a few in my like vault to hang on to for special, something meaningful. And the maps are uh, topography maps of Osage County oil leases, and it's their BIA maps. And so this map specifically actually has Fairfax on it. It has Gray Horse on it. Um, but I like the topography maps because they look like shirt patterns. They look like fabric, you know, patterns for shirts or whatever. Um, and so I just thought that that's, this will be the special one for sure. And just try, I usually don't, do portraits based off a specific person but this one I actually had my photos out and I was just trying to get as much of a likeness as I could but still have my style on it so yeah yeah I know she's beautiful That's, I love her so much she's great I can't wait for people to see her um and she's going to be in your gallery let's talk about your gallery because I love your gallery your gallery is amazing and when people go yeah. to Pasca, it's one of the things actually in Mason's story about the film he we're talking about you know um, and I'd love to get your take on this too, about how to travel, you know, if you, for people who see this film and want to come see, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are places it's good to go, places it's not good to go. Uh, you know, we talked right. about, for example, Apple building a fence around the Osage Cemetery so that people won't go there. Yeah, the one in Gray Horse. Things like that. But one of the places Mason said, it's like, if you want to engage with Osage, cult Osage culture, um, he gave a list and one of them was Big Rain Gallery in Pahuska. Yeah. Your place. So yeah. talk a little bit about, about your place. It's, it's, it's really fantastic. Well, I'm, I bought the building in 2017, I think it was. It's been a while. So I have- When I met, we were over there and you were still setting it up. It was still, yeah, it was still yeah. just like we were doing demo, but I have a Airbnb upstairs and I have a art gallery downstairs. It's called the Little Rain Song Loft, listeners. And it's yeah. awesome. If you're going to stay in Pahuska, book a room at the Little Rain Song Loft. It's, it's cute as heck. Yeah, it's right in the heart of downtown like literally right in the center. And then I have Big Rain Gallery downstairs and I represent native artists. And it's, it's she's really grown. I'm so proud. I feel like I'm like so attached to that building and this just cause I'm so proud of it and what it's able to facilitate from, you know, community events to uh, private events. We've done wine tastings, we've done all kinds of things, but now we have all this amazing art and it's just, I, I love being there and I love doing it. Um, but I also have my art in there too. So if you are looking for that, that's where I just keep it. But, um, and they filmed right there on the street and they took over my building along with everybody on my block. And I think once the film comes out, I'll be able to like get specific on which business we are and all the, right. the details of building that set. And I mean, that was, I think that was, the most fun what I mean the train tracks yes the train that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah I loved the first day when they put the dirt on the on the road and I was like oh my gosh and they brought in all the cars and you know it, it was, was wild crazy. The, was there was livestock even there was like I mean it was just it was a circus oh my gosh like the 
the the shots I've seen of that, even like I'll, like there was a I remember I was watching one of the trailers and they were shooting from inside the barber shop and I was looking across oh, yeah. the room, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm right in there. And what's funny is like obviously there's some CGI in there. And sure. so I've just I've read some people's comments about, you know, the oil derricks and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how much lumber that was. And I'm like, it that was CGI. Like it wasn't, we're not out there building uh -huh. a plan. Hooray for computers, honestly. Exactly. Nine hundred exactly. oil derricks in Osage County for one day of filming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if people, uh, I want to get back to this a little bit. You know, if people want to come and learn more, um, how how would you suggest they do that in a way that feels respectful to you as an Osage to your to the Osage people? Um, because people do they love history and they love yeah. they're so into this stuff. I think that Pahuska is really going to see an influx of people. Um, so what, what advice, what guidance would you give them? I mean, obviously like the Osage Nation Museum up on the hill, that is a great resource to go and visit. But I mean, at the end of the day, just it's like be respectful. Um, cause I think a lot of people don't understand that they're literally talking to descendants and Molly's story is unfortunately a story with every Osage family. So yeah. If they are not, you know, directly uh, connected to the, you know, the people that are in Marty and David Grand's story, it's, you go to my, uh, my grandfather's side, it's the same storyline up there. Both of my grandparents were orphans. It was, it's a thing. So I just think be respectful and there's some that will talk to you, but, I, you know, I just be respectful, I think is the, the biggest thing. That's great advice. That's really, really good advice. I love that. Um I am so excited about this film. I have yet to see it. Um, I'm excited to. I, I'm excited to see it. I'm going to go see it opening night, and I'm really looking forward mm. to it. Um, Addie, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Again, I really. I felt Mason and I on our on our interview were talking about. He's been working on this for four years. Yeah. Like we really had our first conversations about this in the fall of 2019 about him covering yeah. the film. Um, and so I just I want to say thank you again because I felt very strongly that this was an Osage story to tell. Yeah. And so thank you so much for helping us tell it in the right way. Um, thank you for helping the movie be made in the right way. Um, I think these things are really important. And I hope that when people see it, that they will um, they will appreciate exactly what, you know, what the Osage went through and how this is a part of our history and that this is a part of our history that we need to deal with and know about. And um, like you said, be respectful towards. Yep. Thank you so much. I am stoked about the film. Have a great time in LA. Okay, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to see more awesome photos. Um, Addie Roanhorse, um, listeners, visit the Big Rain Gallery. Go to Pahuska. Stay at Little Rain Song Loft. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Addie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye. You guys, Addie's blowing up. Yeah. Like, Uncle Marty is a buddy of Addie's at this point, and I think it's cool. Yeah. Like... Uh, in fact, as this airs, uh, she's in L.A. for like a week for the premiere, for the L.A. premiere of yeah. the film. So like cool stuff is happening in Addie's life. And her gallery, if you go to Pahuska, which we were just talking about, uh, if you go to Pahuska, Little Rain Gallery, or, yeah, uh, she's got the Little Rain Song Loft and the, the Big Rain Gallery. Um, amazing, amazing art, like amazing, uh, really cool space. It's curated. Um, also, she has the coolest kid of anybody. Like her, her daughter, Anya, is like the, one of the coolest human beings I've ever met. So... Yeah, yay for Addie. Yeah. Good for her. We like to see good things happening to good people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendar for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Carly. Ooh. Carly. 
I know social media has the power to divide, but I love the fact that it has the ability to bring cultures together as well. One of my favorite people to follow is an American expat living in Germany who shares all the fascinating ways his new country is different from here. For instance, I learned never to pull out an umbrella or Germans will mock you and ask if you're made of sugar. (laughs) Also, Germans love sport, as they call exercise, Mm. and they do it a lot. Mm. So really, it's culturally appropriate that Tulsa Oktoberfest kicks off with the Lederhosen Lauf race October 19th at River West Festival Park. Though if we were in Germany, it would probably be a lot longer than three miles. Winners will receive a chicken hat for some reason, but every participant gets a t-shirt, admission to Oktoberfest, a half liter stein, and a token to fill that stein once the race is over. So that's a pretty good deal. Can Um, I fill it halfway through the race? (laughs) Sorry. um, I mean, you can stop the race at any time. Uh, once you've, uh, you yeah. know, you've got your, your registration. Totally. Registration is fifty three ninety. Um, search Lederhosen Loft on Facebook for more info. The website is really, really long. So yeah. just look for yeah. Lederhosen Loft, L-A-U-F. That sounds like fun. It does sound yeah. like fun. A, a short race and then beer for the rest of the day. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> really good time. Or should I say, guten tag. <laughs> you should say that. <laughs> Megan, what's your event this week? In 1903, Oklahoma City civic leader Henry Overholzer built his mansion on a hilltop that overlooked the bustling city center about a mile away. Soon, other rich people followed suit, erecting their great homes in an area that is now known as Heritage Hills. From October 19th to the 21st, for a mere $20 a person, you can scamper through half a dozen of these (laughs) stately manors during the Heritage Hills historic homes tour, including the Overholzer mansion. There will be self-guided tours and a guided walking tour. Ticket holders are also invited to a Saturday cocktail reception and a Sunday brunch at the mansion with music provided by SSM Health, which also provides my health care insurance and needs to call me back. <laughs> for more insurance, or... <laughs> Sorry. That in. For more information, visit okhistory.org, click on the calendar tab, and scroll down to find this event. I like that. I like that. Um, we should all do that because, I mean, everyone in this room knows, listeners don't, uh, Steve Walker, our, our director, his office is in Heritage Hills, mm-hmm. and we frequently go for walks at lunchtime because we are mildly health conscious. Uh, and I always call Very it the tour. Very mild. I always, every time we go, we're like talking about what houses we want to see inside and which ones we would want to live in if we could afford to live in Heritage Hills, which we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should all go on this because I think we deserve to go inside some and of these houses. And we can scamper now. through exactly. their houses we can scamper through their houses. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I, I also want to point out that while you're there looking in some of these houses, you might see a mailman who looks like the mighty Thor. I mean, it's just worth and, knowing. You know, just behold. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah I, just behold. I saw him in Midtown the other day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He's branching out. Yeah. yeah he's all he's over getting the place. around. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. He's, he seems like a really cool guy. We want to be, if you're, if you're the Thor mailman, you know who you are. I hear the we, mailman who looks like we Thor. Wanna, in Oklahoma City, and we want to be friends with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nathan, what's your event? I don't know. Um, oh, speaking of small towns, uh, this is a good one. Uh, so one of my favorite legitimate things about the state is that I love the art scene. And this week, as this airs, we will be at, Carly and I will be um, at the Oklahoma Arts Conference in Lawton, where we'll get to hear all about the cool stuff going on with all the wildly creative people who occupy the same state we do. And I'm legitimately excited about this. Um it's really, really fun. Come hang out with us in Lawton at the, at the Arts Conference. And while we've got some truly incredible high-end art destinations in the state, like Philbrook, Fred Jones, OKCMOA, and Gilcrease when it's back open in a few years, 
I really do love small town art stuff, like a lot. Like I really love Main Street art galleries and like little spots you can just come into, like mural festivals. Like if you've been to Miami and seen their murals, that they're worth a trip. I, I know Miami's a long drive and those murals are completely <laughs> worth the trip. Seriously. Um, I think they really, I think things like this really keep the heart of our state beating in a lot of ways. Um, and I think we really underestimate how much things like this contribute to our quality of life. So that's why I'm excited about this week's event, because it's Taste of Ada, which is a fundraiser for the Ada Arts Council. Thursday, October 19th at the Waddell Vineyard in Ada, sample food from Arbuckle Craft Coffee, Gather Bakes, Viking Confections. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to find out, because that sounds amazing. Also, best restaurant name ever, Great Bowls on Fire. Oh. Uh, Nacho Biznes, also great. P5 Burger Barn, Poe Prepping, and Crowley's Market. So a lot of really, really good stuff, a lot of good food on offer. In addition, there will be live music, a silent auction, and for those 21 and over, a bar. And all the money raised goes to support the arts in the Ada area. So get your tickets now and enjoy a delicious evening of supporting small-town creatives. For information and tickets, visit adaarts.org slash T-O-A. Taste of Ada. I love Ada. Yeah. It's a great town. It, it was is. on my list. Yeah, it's a really cool town. They have multiple delicious coffee shops in that town. Yes, and multiple <laughs> delicious restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really good place to eat. I love how food-focused we all are. I, always, yeah. always. <laughs> There's also a lot of fun things to do that do not involve eating in Ada. We don't care about those <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, Benjamin, what's your event? Jeeps are fun. But from here in the city, I can see a few of them getting a bit too comfortable with domestic life. Do you find your Jeep lounging around on the couch, eating potato chips, and sharing way too much info about the Golden Bachelor on ABC? I do. It's a real problem. (laughs) Well, then it's time to get that general purpose vehicle back into fighting shape by force. Sign them (laughs) up for a little auto boot camp by way of Muskogee's Okie Jeep Jam running this Friday through Sunday at Hatbox Field uh, in Muskogee. Of course, it's Muskogee's Okie Jeep Jam. Uh, here you'll be able... I, I don't know why I interjected that. You can just edit that out. I'm really glad you did, and I don't think we should edit it out. <laughs> here you'll be able to run through... the. Here you'll be able to run those little ingrates through enough obstacles, trails, and mud to make even that mean guy from Full Metal Jacket proud. Drop and give me 20... 8,000 pounds of towing capacity ripping through the sediment. Ah, yes. Now, this is the Jeep in its natural state. And speaking of natural states, you can find me in my comfort zone with the rest of the crowd enjoying the food trucks, carnival rides, and live concert performances in between bouts of rip-roaring Jeep action. The best thing about Jeeps being able to traverse these hard natural obstacle courses is that you don't have to do it yourself. The best news of all that is absolutely free to come and spectate the Jeep Jam. Meanwhile, pre-registration for Jeep drivers is an affordable $50, and registration the day of is $60. Drivers must be 18 or older to participate. Participating Jeeps will mostly be younger than 18, but hey, I don't judge senior vehicles. (laughs) For more information, call 918-913-3868 or visit okijeepjam.com. I would totally do that, but I'm trading them in my Jeep next year, so I got to keep it in good, in, in top nick. Yeah, that sounds like fun, though. That really yes. does. Jeep stuff's always really fun. What about you, Greg? What's your thingy? Well, <laughs> what's your deal? <laughs> what's your problem? <laughs> You've heard of the Justice League and the Avengers, but there's a new super team heading to Oklahoma from Three's Company, Stanley Roper. From Enter the Dragon, martial artist Roper, played by John Saxon. From the lesser Eddie Murphy film, Metro. 
there's Scott Roper. And of course, the inventor of the motorcycle, Sylvester Howard Roper. What do these men have in common? None of them will be appearing in Guthrie for the World Cup Finals of Team Roping. That is because they're all either fictional or dead, or both, which means that they'll have a heck of a time competing with rodeo stars from across the country as they descend on the Lazy E Arena to compete for titles and cash prizes. From October 20th to the 28th, you can watch them lasso like there's no tomorrow with everything <laughs> on the line except for their lives and the fate of mankind. Pretty much they're just competing for fame and fortune, which is everything these days according to my daughter's YouTube viewing habits. Uh. <laughs> Visit LazyE.com for more info. Okay, before we move on, I want to take a moment because it's Greg's last show. Uh. And we're going to miss you. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm going to cry, actually. I didn't think I would, but I actually, um, I'm really going to, I'm really sad. Um, Greg's going to be going to the zoo, so if you're at the zoo, go bother him, please. He will be in the orangutan I've been enclosure. I've uh -huh. <laughs> Feel free to we tap on his enclosure. Yes, please. <laughs> and do feed this animal. Do not, yeah, don't feed him. Um, oh. No, uh, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss you a lot. Um, I hope that you're, you'll continue to write things for us. I know that you will. Of course. Will. Um, when things are going on at the zoo, maybe we'll have you back on as a guest. I but we are going to miss the heck out of you. I, uh, I am going to miss you guys so much. So, so very much. Um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> a little behind the scenes thing. Uh, when I was talking to the folks at the zoo and they, they asked, uh, why, why do you want to leave Oklahoma today? And I, I said, I, I don't. <laughs> I really don't, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have had a lot of jobs that I've loved, but I have never had a job where I felt like I got to come in and hang out with my best friends, um, you know, five days a week. It it has been a, a really wonderful five years and uh, getting to know you guys better. And at this point, you know, I, I feel like you all are our family in some ways. Agreed. Same. Um, uh, in, in that I'm sick of you. And, I, uh, <laughs> and that I have to draw some pretty firm boundaries. Yes, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, the fact, in, in the sense that I'm cutting you off uh, because it's all so toxic. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I love you guys. I love this magazine. Love um, and I've really, uh, and, and uh, listeners to the podcast, thank you so much for uh, four years of putting up with uh, this tomfoolery <laughs> and um, and more and more people listening every week. It's, awesome. it's amazing to me, but, um, you know, the, the best thing about all of this is that Oklahoma today continues and I'm going to keep writing for the magazine as much as I can. And, um, and, and, but the upside for me anyway, is that when new issues come out, I won't have already read everything <laughs> in them five times. I will be, I will be able to, uh, enjoy the, uh, the, the end product, um, so much more. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so. And their subscriptions um, are twenty four ninety five a yes, year. Right. Yeah, they make excellent <laughs> holiday gifts. Um, for, well, okay, but come on, for former staff, forty five dollars. That's right. Yeah, uh, that's how we do it. Um, also, I, I think it's worth saying that Ben is going to be stepping into the web editor role here at Oklahoma yep. Today, and he'll mm -hmm. be co-host on the podcast. Um, and we're really excited about that. Um, but we are sure going to miss you, buddy. And um, I know the listeners are going to miss you too. Um, but. Uh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy. I'm excited to see what the future brings because I know you're going to do great things. So, well, the sound of mine and Nathan's teardrops falling. I know. This episode Awful. of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. But if you can't get enough, head over to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to oktpod at travelok.com, and we, well, they will talk to you again next week. <laughs> 
The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of the Oklahoma Today magazine and Oklahoma Tourism Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye, Greg. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs>